welcome to the California Work Comp Report. This is our final episode of the Head Injury series in which we discuss the topics of AMA Guides Chapter 18, which discuss post-traumatic headaches, and then a final part where we discuss combining impairment ratings. With the conclusion of this series, Dr. John Alchemy hopes that listeners have a better understanding of this very complicated aspect of workers' compensation. All right, and here we are. We are back for the last chapter of our head injury series. We have one more episode after this, but we're we're talking about chapter 18, which is post-traumatic headaches, which just sounds incredibly painful. But it's me, Corey, and I'm here with Dr. John Alchemy. How are you, John? Hi, Corey. Doing great. Happy to talk about head injuries, headaches, and rating in chapter 18 with pain today. Sure, sure. Let's uh and and let's <laughs> let's let's take it away. Okay. Well, chapter 18, it's the very last chapter of the AMA guides before you get into things like the glossary and um the appendix and things like that for the book. Um it's it's sort of a complicated chapter if you read it, but it really uh, boils down. There's one table and only one table that's used for rating pain. And if you're doing impairment rating or trying to think about uh, pain and impairment rating standards, uh, be sure you take a, a look at uh, table 18-3. Hmm. It's in the pain chapter on page 575. It has four classes. And the really interesting thing that I like about chapter 18 that I don't think a lot of providers or or people who do impairment rating really think about. It's the only chapter that clearly connects the pain score, the analog pain score, zero to 10, to activities of daily living. And we've talked about this in other podcasts, but um, the activities of daily living actually have a direct one-to-one ratio with whole person impairment. So um, if, if you're smart, what you will do and what you can do and what RateFast has uh, has always done is you will run two ratings, one on your activities of daily living loss and, and convert that to a whole person impairment and then do your like chapter rating. I'm just a little bit off, to- off topic right now, but, but it's important because we do this a lot um, in the pain chapter. So right. for instance, if someone has, um, uh, you know, a back injury and it's, uh, let's say it's like uh, 5% on the conventional rating. Maybe they had a DRE rating for muscle guarding or something, but they've lost, uh, you know, 15% of their activities of daily living. And if you, you know, score that 15% loss across the maximum value of lumbar spine, which is actually 97% whole person impairment, you'll see that, um, you know, by ADLs, they, you know, need to be, uh, you know, rated, um, I can do just a quick calculation here because I don't want to talk out of turn. Um, <laughs> but if they have a if they have a fifteen percent ADL loss, um, you know that calculates out to fifteen percent whole person impairment. Right. Uh, so you know there's <clears throat> there's there's that ten percent range difference, and so you know you have to give them the higher of the value and the activities of daily living um, tend to tend to serve as like an internal. Uh, validation of the chapter rating. So that's all I really want to say about it. Um, And placing someone into the pain disorders, um, of which there are four classes, it's kind of the same thing. And they give a pretty good uh, description of ADLs. So for like, you know, if you're a class one, you have mild problems performing your uh, ADLs, 
Um, and then as you move through, you have more difficulty, like maybe in class three, um, you can't do basic activities like driving a car um, or, you know, class four, we have very severe pain, um, your activities of daily living, maybe it takes you like a long time to get dressed um, or ready for the day. Um, they use an example, two hours to get out of bed and dressed, you know, which, which is an inordinate amount of time. That is um, quite a while, even for me. Yeah. <laughs> now, the thing I'll say about chapter 18 is um, <clears throat> it only goes up to 3% whole person impairment. So it's one of the lowest, uh, you know, rating chapters um, in the entire book. And lots of times, um, you know, what you'll do is if you have a doctor who's only rating on the head injury for headaches, mm -hmm. it's going to be a little frustrating for the insurance company, the injured worker and any attorneys involved, you know, because they really may have a lot of symptoms with their head injury. But the only thing the doctor's focusing on is their headaches. But like I said, they may have memory loss, they may have some vision loss, um, you know, all these other their chapters, we've talked about tinnitus, ringing in their ears, you know, right. all of these other things, dizziness, um, but the doctor never rates it. They just focus on the headache and maybe they give them one to 2%. And so in, in all the chapters we've talked about, um, pain is the most frequent and foremost symptom. If you have like post-traumatic headaches, it can be very debilitating. But on the other hand, they're the lowest rating to 3%. Um, so, so unless you're really capturing all aspects of head injury with your impairment rating, um, you know, this is going to be um, a chapter that disappoints for everyone because a good claims adjuster will know that they can't settle a moderate uh, head injury on 3%. Um, the attorneys know this. The patients, you know, get frustrated when they understand like the scale is zero to 100. They can't do many of their activities of daily living and they've only been given a three. And, and that's why it's really important that when you're doing impairment ratings on head injuries, you're hitting all these areas. And, and I've had patients come into me before and say, yeah, my headache is so severe. I have a hard time with my memory. Well, you know, that, that needs to be rated in chapter 13. You know, that's not really a headache problem. It's a memory problem. Right. So a, a lot of this is education with the providers and just knowing that there are, you know, several tools, several chapters to be approaching the head injury. And of these, um, the lowest is, is the pain chapter. Any words in conclusion about about the uh, post-traumatic headaches? Well, they're very common. Um, they're very frustrating uh, clinically to treat. The, on top of the headache of learning that it's only so much of a, a, a you know, a, the final MMI to re or yeah. the, uh, the final uh, whole person impairment to reach. So. Yeah, it, it can be really frustrating for the doctors. Um, you can run people through tons of medicines. Um, sometimes they're helpful. Sometimes they don't help at all. And it's just medication side effects and no benefit with the headaches. Right. So, um, you know, and, and these people often, um, you know, if you have chronic headaches that are really debilitating, um, they'll be having depression with it. They'll be having anxiety, um, you know, and so so they will uh, likely need a psych rating as well to, to you know, for a proper um, impairment rating and case case closure. But, um, you know, and, and I'll throw this in here too, that usually these people, um, you know, if they're having a lot of debilitating symptoms, they probably should go to a functional restoration program. Uh, many of will find themselves in a chronic pain uh, program as well. So um, a, a, a real problem trying to get these headaches um, better for people. And uh, sometimes biofeedback's uh, helpful, you know, you might want to try that. Acupuncture might be good. 
um, you know, deep tissue massage, people carry a lot of spasms, sometimes uh, Botox. But, you know, in, in a headache that really establishes itself as a long-term chronic problem, these tend to be kind of Band-Aids. People feel better for a couple of weeks and then, you know, they're kind of back at square one. So it's frustrating for the patient. It's frustrating for the adjuster. You know, well, if someone only feels better for three days after spending, you know, $800 of treatment. Is that really something that should continue? You know, that right. kind of thing. Yeah. Right, right. But, um, you know, keep, keep it in mind, headaches, probably the most common uh, post head injury complaints, probably the most longitudinal ones, you know, that will be with them for the longest period of time. But um, keep chapter 18 in mind. The only other thing I will say before we go is do not confuse a chapter 18 rating with a California uh, a PR4 1 to 3% pain add on. Okay. I, I think it's incredibly inf uh, confusing. California came up with this little bonus add-on of 1% to 3%. And it specifically says on the Division of Workers' Comp form, this is for chapters 1 through 17. It does not include chapter 18. And basically, it says something. If the doctor feels like the impairment rating, you know, conventional rating doesn't perfectly, you know, capture the rating, they can add another 3% on I think this is this was like a pre-Almarez Guzman light kind of thing where the doctor could tack a couple of points on as opposed right. to like having to re-rate it under Almarez Guzman. But um it's there, uh, you know, and and it's and it's only three percent for the whole claim. It's not three percent for every body part. That's another common confusion. So um if you can keep those two separate in your mind, the California one to three percent add-on, and then the pain chapter rating one to three percent. Um, you'll keep yourself out of a little bit of administrative trouble. We're covering our, our last bit here, which is pages 604 through 606 of the AMA Guides 5th edition. Hit us with combining impairments. Well, I wanted to include it as sort of the last discussion of our head injury, because in head injuries, you're going to be potentially rating several several chapters. Um, and then uh, combining is something that sometimes just doesn't get focused on very much. Um, it's a table at the uh, back of the AMA guides, and I'll give you a little bit of an idea about why it's there. So when you're doing impairment ratings on different body systems, and sometimes within a chapter, you have to combine the ratings because if you add them up, you get over 100% whole person impairment in that is not really recognizable in the AMA right. guides. Right. And so, um, so they have this table, they have this formula, and it's sort of an interesting formula. And they came up with it with the goal that you could throw as many numbers together as you want, and you'll never exceed 100. So um, it's sort of interesting if you look at the um, formula and you put some numbers in, the numbers actually add together until you get around the number 15, 16. And once your um, values start to add greater than 15 points of uh, impairment, then the formula starts to compress. So it may be like um, 11 and 11 are 20, you know, so obviously 11, 11 is 22, but it's going to start compressing a little bit. Um, and the compression gets bigger as your numbers get larger. Um, the, the one thing I do want to point out is that if you look through the instructions on using the combining table back on page 604, it doesn't really say in what order to, to combine your numbers, meaning do you do the small ones first? Do you use the big ones? Um, it basically just says yeah. combine any two 
and then um, you know combine your third numbers. So California, um, you know, wanted to be very clear on this. So if you're in California, you're using this table. The method and approach is that you do the larger numbers first, and then you combine on the smaller numbers. What happens when you do that is you get you get compression of the bigger numbers, but the smaller numbers carry more value. Um, and they don't get uh, sort of diluted out early in the process. So um, the smaller ratings tend to have more um, residual impact on the whole person impairment rating if you take the larger numbers first. So um, that's just something that you won't find in the AMA guides, but um, it's the process for impairment rating. And um, always keep that in mind that, you know, the impairment rating um, value starts to compress around 15, 16 um, on numbers when you're adding them. And uh, beyond that, you can you can just calculate your heart away. Now, the one thing I will say is that there are errors in the uh, AMA guides published tables. Um, if you go through it, there's uh, one, two, three pages of this printed out. It's, in my opinion, a very archaic table. If you're a professional rater, um, you, you have a calculator that can handle the formula it'll automatically sort them from highest to lowest and you won't get any of these dropout published problems that you get on the table. So if you're totally relying on the AMA guides table, for the most part, it's gonna be okay, but there are little areas that I call dropouts where the numbers and the combining is actually wrong on the table. Um, and it happens somewhere around the mid part of the chart. But um, you know, most time you're combining one or two numbers, you're gonna be all right. But um, sometimes you get caught up in the impairment rating and uh, the number on the AMA guides table is actually wrong. And once again, the, uh, the the tables and all relevant information you will be able to find in the episode description. So turn there um, to to learn more. So we have um we have covered multiple episodes now regarding you yeah. know head injuries and everything, and mm -hmm. gone over very very specific things everywhere from vision loss to hearing loss and headaches um you know post-traumatic de depression and such and john do you have any words to say in conclusion for for well i guess first off we'll we'll, we'll do some conclusions about specifically these these pages of the guides and then i guess uh some conclusions about the the series uh as a whole yeah i would say in general um <clears throat> the big take home here is that head injuries are very difficult um, to rate. And often um, a doctor may have expertise in one particular chapter, but not, you know, across multiple chapters. And this is kind of one of the problems we get into when we expect primary treaters to, you know, be adequate impairment raters, as the labor code says you're supposed to be. Um, so so it's, it's, it's a confusing and it's uh, vexing because they can be very um, uh, multifactorial, shall we say, in, in the problems with head injuries. Um, and then obviously you're sometimes asking people to rate in chapters that they're not familiar with. So there's another stumbling block. Um, and then at the end of the day, um, you have to go use this combining table and you can make errors and mistakes. So there are a lot of pitfalls for head injuries that we need to be aware of when we're doing these uh, head injury impairments. And you have to really just have a really uh, systematic 
uh, way of going going through it and a very systematic way for taking your history and doing your physical exam. So, you know, I'll make one more plug for RateFast here. We've done hundreds of these ratings. Um, we do them very frequently and it's very easy for us because our platform is set up to rate all of these things simultaneously, make sure nothing gets dropped. But um, for those uh, do-it-yourself impairment rating providers, so to speak, um, the, I would the brave ones. Yeah, I would suggest have a cheat sheet, have something. Um, so, you know, you have a very systematic way when you interview the patient, your physical exam, and then, you know, going methodically through each one of these chapters that we've uh, referenced in head injury uh, and keep that rating on the straight and narrow. Well, thank you again, John. That, that, that concludes our series and we will be back next week with a, with a fresh new series for you and, and who, we will we will see what it is then and until then uh, uh keep your head on straight keep you know keep keep your keep your head high and uh and 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 take care of yourself so thanks again and out of the John. way of moving objects that's right <laughs> oh absolutely keep that hard hat nearby <laughs> all right see you Corey. thanks for listening for more information on head injuries and workers compensation visit our blog at blog.rate-fast.com if you have a question for us or our show, send us an email at caworkcompreport at rate-fast.com. If you'd like to try RateFast Express Workers' Compensation Report Writing Service, visit us at rate-fast.com.